Hey folks, I am Michael J. Penny and welcome to the 5 Paragraph Business Plan Tutorials. By now, you've looked through the materials and have got the book sitting in front of you. You've seen how the 5 Paragraph Business Plan is action-oriented. It breaks big, huge plans down into bite-sized objectives. During this tutorial, we're going to talk about specifically the command and signal paragraph and honing in on the management team and the roles that each one of those managers or the, the overall team provides. So it is important to demonstrate that company leadership understands their individual role and that that role is imperative for long-term mission success or overall mission success. The team that you are pulling together does not play small, itty-bitty, tiny little fractional roles. That is part of your attachments or potentially your detachments that you've got on your teams in providing additional value, which I talk about in the guidebook. So get the guidebook, get it in front of you. We're talking about the command and signal specifically. What's odd about this is we're going to talk about the customer care first. So we're going to talk about the communication to leadership, and we're going to go through the, the go-to processes for given scenarios. The reason why we talk about this first is because A, it's more important, and B, we're talking about the communications that you need in order to get in touch with the command team, and then that provides understanding for why you're getting in touch with the right person. So here's what I'm trying to say by this. You have four different types of communication, primary, alternate, contingency, and then emergency communication. I, I give it examples in italics on here as email, for being your primary, your alternate might be private message, chat, or instant communication, whatever it may be. Contingent is a text message, and emergency is a phone. Okay, so now you have the methods of engagement for the given people for a scenario. Why are you engaging with that person, and how should you engage with them given that scenario? It makes sense when you talk about the command team. So you might have location of those given leaders. Well, that's one of the elements that you definitely need to put down. You need to put your succession of command, but you need to put the location of the given leaders. Location of the key leaders, yes, geographically speaking, so the address, but not just that, it's also potentially the title, all right, within the overall firm. So where are they located? Yes, geographically speaking, okay, I get that, but what is their title and where, what, what do they play for a role within that company? And then the contact information associated with that individual. So yes, it would be their address, their geographic location for that given division, region, whatever it is within a larger company, or it would be the location of that individual along with their title plus their contact information. The succession of command is the hierarchy of authority based upon their responsibility. People at the top have more responsibility than people at the bottom, arguably, right? The five-paragraph business plan, what I love about this, is by putting everybody onto the same methodology of, of command and control, so to speak, within it. What you're doing is you're allowing your operational leaders to pick up a larger chunk of that overall mission. What you're doing is turning that hierarchy into a wedge. Okay, so your succession of command is not necessarily going from top to bottom. It's going from forward to backward. 
So this is this is something that I'm bringing out of the military, out of my Marine Corps experiences, where leaders lead from the front, and our vision is out front, and operational leaders each maintain their own vision. That vision is a chunk of the overall mission, and each one of them have an objective, which breaks down into certain elements, which they have to achieve. It is up to that operational leader to accept responsibility and taking the authority in that command and control scenario. And that matters when we're talking about succession of command so that you know who to get in touch with in, in the right scenario for the right task for the right moment. We're talking about the organization structure, key management, management compensation and equity ownership, other current investors, board of directors, board of advisors, so on and so forth. That notice how it trickles down as far as organizational structure, key management. Okay, so these are the key leadership who are responsible for maintaining the overall long term strategy and growth of the company. How are they compensated? What is their potential equitable ownership? Okay, what are the other investors that are out there? They don't fall underneath, they're just other investors who have empowered this vision to continue to push forward. Who are they? Great. Who are the board of directors and and or the board of advisors that are working with this leadership in order to encourage that vision forward? Okay, it's important to outline these things. Notice how we just kind of like skip through the signal. Hey, why do we do primary, alternate, contingent, and emergency? Because each one of us has that built into our contact information. Primarily, you should contact me via email, private message, text message, phone, whatever it winds up being. And each one of you as a leader has the ability to put into detail how you would like to communicate based upon each one of these uh, rising degrees of emergency, so to speak, with emergency being the, the last portion of the signal. I get way down into this as far as on the business management side, as far as with bios and different things like that, because for me as a leader, it's all about the people who are on my team. It has nothing to do with me. I I hope that they have faith in my leadership abilities and what I've done before and previous experiences. Combat experience helps in it. A lot when you're out there in a business environment, especially as a leader, right? But where I'm going with this is that it matters much more who is on the team and their overall uh, abilities because I would never want to be the smartest guy in the room. I want to have all of the smart people on my team. I want to empower all of those great people. I want people with credentials after their names. I want all sorts of great folks who are working together on this vision and I want to empower them every step of the way. Okay, so company leadership is not just saying, hey, this is me and this is my bio. That's great. You'll see a small blurb on me as far as the leader, the owner, the founder, whatever it winds up being, just speaking to me as an executive leader, as an entrepreneur. As an operational leader, you would see the same thing, but you would also see how that role pertains to that given operation. It's important to note that this is key personnel. It's great to want given personnel off at a later date. You can put in your management team empty roles, so to speak. 
let me give you an example. I am not a CEO. I'm not a CEO. I don't plan on being a CEO. I don't want to be a CEO. I don't have the credentials, frankly, to be a CEO. I understand that. I'm mature enough to understand that I am not the guy who is going to be the chief executive officer in the company. That is okay. I need to understand what I'm looking at when I see a good, a bad, and ugly chief executive officer to determine whether or not they are a good fit to potentially employ their services here in one of my companies. That's the intent. I, as a leader, I, as one of those people, need to understand each one of the different given roles and why they're there. What is not just the task that they're performing, how does that task compile to the larger overall mission success? I've used this anecdote before, but it bears repeating. JFK, the president, John F. Kennedy, walks up to a janitor, a guy sweeping the floor at Cape Canaveral, and he says, well, what do you do here, sir? And the guy looked at him and said, I'm helping to put a man on the moon. Now, that's pointed. That gentleman understood where he fit, not his place in the organization, where he fit based upon his strengths, based upon the opportunities that lied ahead. And if he didn't do his job correctly, we weren't going to be able to make progress towards mission success. That's what we're talking about here. Every single one of your employees, every single one of your managers, every single one of the leaders that are in that organization own that mission, understand where they fit in the overall organization and how it aggregates towards mission success. You need to outline that. You need to be able to prove that to your potential investors, to your shareholders, and to potentially other team members so that they want to be a part of it. Because what you're doing also on here is you're outlining those areas which you are deficient. Bear in mind that in the last episode, I talked about an ask. You can offer an ask for a slot on the team. Now, it can be dangerous as far as sweat equity and how you want to vest somebody into your company. There are a variety of different ways to structure your contract and your equitable arrangements and your operating agreements and everything else so that you can, you can show what it will look like when that individual separates away, okay? But you can also highlight inside of your command element where you are lacking and deficient and potentially would like to insert someone who plays a key role in the long term. Remember, the ask is tailored for a given need that you have in that business organization, whatever it is. Tailor that ask, if need be, for someone to play a key role on your management team. You can do that. There are different things that are out there that it, it, it's all about an enabling effort. It's all about enabling. Don't worry about the things that you cannot do. You would you would create a list that is just infinitely long if you listed all of the things that you can't do. What I love about five paragraph business plan and a lot of the methodologies that we're talking about as far as a leadership sense, we're talking about enabling elements. What are the things that you can do? Now, bear in mind that anybody who's on this command element, anybody who's in your management team maintains overall responsibility. They need to have some sort of measure of accountability. 
How are you going to hold operational leaders accountable? How are you going to hold your management team accountable for the actions that they are conducting out in the world? I would offer the five-paragraph business plan. Because then, again, when you when you see in a, in a latter episode how we break down the fragmentary orders, what we do is we say, here's the management, here's the leader, here's the key role that they're fulfilling, here is their five-paragraph business plan. Here is the next manager, so on and so forth, and their five-paragraph business plan that is pertaining to their objective, which then aggregates to overall mission success. It's important not to just do a bio. It's great to have a biography so that someone has a frame of reference for who you are as an individual and a person. I get that. I would even go so far as to get a resume for everybody that is on the management team. So you've got a bio and a resume for everybody. Uh, potentially a cover letter for the for the duties and responsibilities pertaining to the role which they are fulfilling, which, you know, on top of it, that is an accountability measure for you and them. They have said, yes, I am committing myself to your venture. Yes, you have the ability to use my name and bio and everything else. Here is the value that I provide. Now, not everybody is going to show up to a pitch, right? Not everybody is going to go into the investor meeting, to the business meetings, and so on and so forth. The leader is the one who is going to do that. That is another tasked out. That is another delegated authority. And that is a delegated authority which you have basically bestowed upon yourself. I've seen this a lot. I know there are a lot of investors out there who have seen this a lot also. Entrepreneurs who have not put themselves into the management team or into a specific role on the management team based upon their strengths and what they bring overall. So I'm a leader, right? And I'm typically, I I enjoy being the owner and the entrepreneur. My strength lies within business development and connecting the dots so that we can create a three-way value exchange in between our companies and a customer. I go about business development my own way. I have my own unique skill set. I have the ability to articulate my strengths and weaknesses. I don't really do a whole lot with my weaknesses. I don't don't grow in areas that I'm weak. I focus on my strengths, and I grow at getting better at my strengths because they're my strengths, and I'm on the team for a reason. Why would I be... Why would I be acting in my weaknesses if I'm on a team? I need to be acting in my strength base. I need to be adding as much value as possible. So I say it like that because your management team should all be working in roles that solely pertain to their strengths and not outside of them. And if they themselves need to have someone who fills in their area of weakness they are empowered to then delegate that authority to an individual who could fulfill that area of weakness, who could fill in their gaps. And that's what we're talking about here. Why are you you empowering these individuals? What role do they play? How are they in turn leaders, not just managers, leaders in a company? There's a big difference. 
management, in my opinion, and more often than not, this is fact out in the world, management has to do with some sort of function. I would say that it is much more mechanical in sense. I would say that it pertains to a machine, to a warehouse, to a to a pipeline, to something along those things, which you can manage. Pull a lever, something happens here, it's a formula, it is a function, however you want to look at it. And then you have leadership. That has to do with emotional intelligence and being able to adapt your overall leadership ability or your overall leadership style, rather, through your leadership abilities to be able to work with another leader, which is ideal, right? If a leader can adapt their overall leadership ability to lead other leaders, bing, that's good, right? And then leaders have the ability through emotional intelligence, wisdom, maturity, so on and so forth, to be able to say, I need to lead these people in order to manage this function. There's separation in between the human aspect and the functioning aspect of this. That is another key element within your managers or within your company leadership. That also pertains to how you're going to care for the customer. And that is basically how we wrap this up. The customer care element that we're talking about here is A, how they're going to communicate with you, primary, alternate, contingent, emergency, and so on. Think about that as far as within a company structure. Okay, but the customer care that you are going to provide, because if you notice throughout the plan, what I said earlier on, is you have a customer-centric mission. You have a customer-centric focus. Everything that you're doing is based upon fulfilling a need for a given population. You fulfill that need by giving them your value. I wouldn't say by giving, by exchanging your value for a, a in a transactionary sense for currency or time. Based upon the relationship that you have with whoever that customer is. Customer care could be an outsourced function of your business could be in-house. But ultimately what we're saying is that the leadership based upon their values and ethics, we're bringing them together. We have similar values. We have similar ethics. We share in this good orderly direction on where we want to move forward with our vision, with our focus. Now, how are those leaders within their different operational roles. How does that disseminate and trickle down into caring for our customer in the long term? Because that, that is going to be mission success. At the end of the day, if the customer doesn't care about you anymore, then why, why do you have a business? You need to care for the customer if the customer is going to care for you. I'm going to tell you that much right now. This element, what we're talking about, is a portion within the MetTTSL template. It is part of the team and the support element. Okay, so notice how it says MetTTSL team and support. Okay, and I've got it in the book. How I've done it is, uh, and you can, you can see inside of the guidebook, I won't bore you with the gory details, but I've underlined where it fits within the template. So team is down here as far as in the management team, the support the overall greater supporting element you're going to pull out of the situation paragraph. That is why it is important that you use the MetTTSL template in the beginning of the book 
to go through and read through the guidebook for the different elements that you're going to, to compile. And that MetTTSL template that you use to get outside the building and start engaging with people, to start talking with other business leaders and advisors who are out there to see whether or not you should move forward with committing your time to putting together this five paragraph business plan. So in the beginning, you've got a MetTTSL template, you read the guidebook, you say, okay, I've got to find these different elements of this MetTTSL template, right? Using the guidebook, wave tops, bare minimum, little stuff in order to get you out the building and starting to engage with these people to see whether or not you've got a viable business. Then you come back through, you start putting together all of the different pieces of the overall structure of the five paragraph business plan. And then when you get into the next episode, when we start talking about the executive summary, I'll show you how you wrap up that MetTTSL and you turn it into something new. You're going to take that MetTTSL that has been cocooned by your five paragraph business plan and turn it into something beautiful. And that is your executive summary. And we're going to get into that in the next episode. Folks, follow along with us here. All right, if you're a skeptic like I am, I totally understand. Download the templates. They're at the bottom of the page. If you're listening to us somewhere out in the universe, go to fiveparagraph.com. Go to the bottom of the page of fiveparagraph.com. You're going to see the template on there. It's a quick form, basic information, name, email, bam, and immediately downloads. You don't even need to leave the page. Now you can pull it up listen to these episodes, follow along in the template, fill out your own information. Hey, still a little bit skeptical, still maybe you hit a, a, a stopping point, a little bit of a gap in there and you need some advice or anything else. That's no problem. Get on the phone, schedule, schedule a call with us right there on the page. It's on fiveparagraph.com. Get on the phone with us. Give us 15 minutes of your time. I promise you it's going to change your life. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to put together a template and a starting point. You're going to get a workbook in order to go back through the episodes. I get it. Each one of these things is an aggregator. It builds up towards what your overall plan, what your overall goal for mission success is. Okay, then you get the guidebook, you get it in front of you, you fill it out, you start going through these episode tutorials, you get in the forum, fiveparagraph.com forward slash forum, Get in the forum, get together with these other folks, their business leaders, their entrepreneurs, their executives, their operational leaders, all of these different people who are using the five paragraph business plan and engage with one another. Engage with our advisors. We're in the forum. We are here for you. We want you to commit action. We want you to get out there, be action oriented, use this tool as a business management tool, get in touch with us, tell us how we can grow. If you're happy about us, if you're happy about the five paragraph business plan, if you enjoy using it, shoot us a testimonial. I don't care how you get it to us. Give us a video via text message or Facebook message, whatever you've got to do in order to get it into our hands. And I'll show you up on fiveparagraph.com. Email it to us, whatever you've got to do. And we will, we'll, we'll, we'll not only put it on there as a testimony, but what we'll do is we will outline or we will highlight rather, we'll highlight your business and we will demonstrate to people the effectiveness of this overall plan. Be a part of the community, commit to action, get on the phone with an advisor, 
Start your five-paragraph business plan today, right now. Get the guidebook, listen through the episodes, five-paragraph business plan. Thank you so much for listening.